Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Ad Skills podcast where we look in depth at the trials, the tribulations, the successes, the triumphs, the lowest lows, the highest highs, all of that and everything in between when it comes to you and media buying. And we've got a very special guest today, Alvin Rye, who is been a uh, Pro League member for about a year. We're going to hear about his story, hear about some of the techniques that he specialises in. And of course, as always, uh, if you are somebody who is in need of Alvin's expertise, or just want to compliment him on his extraordinary successes and skills, then please, we'll have all those details at the end of the podcast. Alvin, welcome to the Ad Skills podcast. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much for having me, Ed. Uh, really pleasure to uh, to be invited and would love to share some of my uh, experiences with Ad Skills so far. Fantastic. So, look, the, the way I love to start these off, of course, is nobody when they were at high school was thinking, oh, gee, I want to be a media buyer, mainly because it didn't exist as a job. So I'd love to know, what's your background? What's, what, what, what did you want to be in high school and what did, you, what did you end up training yourself for before you started getting involved in media buying? Sure, sure, sure. You're you're absolutely right. It wasn't much of a career really as I was getting out of high school and into college. So originally I uh, was uh, on track in studying engineering and the entrepreneurial bug kind of bit me and uh, had a couple of ventures that uh, I ended up jumping into right out of high school, kind of concurrently with college. I ended up changing from a major in engineering over to study business, international business, as yeah. a matter of fact. So around this time, and I don't want to date myself too much, but uh, my first experience with online advertising was really right when Google AdWords and AdSense uh, had launched. I don't know what date that was, but probably in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. So Overture.com was still a network out there and I uh, did a little bit of PPC at that point, a little bit of affiliate marketing and, and just really kind of uh, poking around at it. Yeah. Well, ultimately, from that point, continued my, my uh, business ventures, some small ventures that worked out well and some uh, didn't, but gave me great experience. And uh, ultimately, my actual trade uh, over time now has been sales management and helping to grow sales teams for organizations in the technology and SaaS world. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, Alvin, tell me some of. I always love finding out. Do, do you recall what your uh, your your first little experiment with using PPC and stuff was? Do you, do you remember the niche you were working in? I don't remember the niche, but I do remember getting uh, uh, one penny bids. And yeah. I do remember uh, being slightly perturbed when it started going up to five cents per click. Yeah, and, yeah. <clears throat> and in those days, AdSense, uh, if I, memory serves correctly, you're really bidding on the ads on the right side, the, the sponsored ads on the right side of a Google search. And, uh, you know, of course, you start to learn about click fraud and all this kind of a thing where people are running up your spend in PPC, but a uh, long time ago compared kids, to what we do now. You kids don't know how easy you have it these days, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it was, uh, yeah, the, uh, it brings tears to the eyes. You know, those days 
people will think this is extraordinary. Now you could, you know, you could upload a lazy 500,000 keywords in a day and, and spend right. a week and see what worked and what didn't. But, uh, oh, well. Yeah. So tell me, how did you come across the uh, Ad Skills uh, universe? Yeah. So uh, for Ad Skills, I, I, I think I may have entered the ecosystem when it was still uh, DMBI. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not sure if I uh, stumbled upon one of Justin Brooks' uh, wonderful swipe files or another front end offer, but got uh, roped in uh, by the wonderful uh, marketing and copywriting from Justin and kind of enjoyed sitting as a subscriber on the list for, for quite some time, two or three years. And kind of my journey through that time, I had been dabbling in a few projects here and there on the side of my nine to five. Yeah, and so. really kind of got to the point where it started a young family and always had the plan to transition back out of a, a corporate nine to five and, and really do something where I can control my, my time, control the projects that I work on, and really kind of make a bigger impact on or with the work I'm doing than uh, what you can expect in a corporate environment. And that's really what led me to learning more about ad skills in the pro league and uh, and really how the offering can help me launch my business. That's kind of uh, the background there. So what did you bring from sales management into media buying? What did, was there some experience and some lessons you could bring from sales management into you applying to media buying practice now? Yeah, there's a couple of things and I, I don't know if I can isolate it uh, in particular, but here are my thoughts there. You know, being the the leader of a team, being a manager of, of people in general is a, a non-linear thing. Um, it, it's a, a skill that you you kind of morph over time and a lot of those things and managing people and having difficult conversations and delivering uh, news that's not so hot. And just a general discipline for sticking with things through until you get the win you're looking for or achieving your quota are a lot mm -hmm. of things that I've taken uh, from that world into prospecting for clients, managing client relationships. You know, managing clients is in essence a, a job uh, in itself. It's not exactly. just getting them to say yes, to come on board, to, to start uh, uh, buying for them. It becomes its own thing there, its own relationship that you have to uh, put energy into to make sure it well, goes right. That skill of expectation management, and like you said, delivering good news and bad news, because there is no, there is no uh, media campaign, not one that I've come across in history. Maybe Alvin, you've had one, but I've never seen a, an advertising campaign go absolutely smoothly at all times through the entire life of its cycle. So no, you know, there has to be times where you have to have those difficult conversations with clients. Definitely. And, you know, a, a hot topic, uh, maybe the, the hottest topic in our world is uh, dealing with Facebook ad account shutdowns yes. recently. And, you know, uh, I, I'm sure you've heard tons of experiences of, of waking up in the morning with the Facebook ad accounts been restricted or disabled and, mm -hmm. uh, and then having that conversation with your client on uh, what that impact is, especially if that's their main channel and, yeah. and the ways to work around it. Well, it was an interesting, uh, wasn't it? Like, and at the time of reporting this, it's uh, just been after the uh, the U.S. elections, and of course, a lot of people woke up in the week, you know, the few days, I suppose, actually after the election, to mass account 
at Banning's. And of course, that created an enormous amount of stress for obviously the businesses affected, but we particularly feel um, felt for the agencies. But what was amazing, and Alvin, I don't know if you were participating in this, but it was very quickly identified in Pro League that this was actually AI area, that the experienced Facebook Pro Leaguers were able to reach out to their ad reps. Did you, how did you handle that situation? Because I think that's a great lesson to uh, everybody. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I was tuned in uh, or maybe binge watching the the thread there, right? Yeah. As, <laughs> uh, you know, ad, ads are getting shut down all over the place. And, you know, it kind of came after this cadence uh, and noise in, in, in our business that there's so much volatility due to the increased spend from uh, the political parties and the increase uh, of marketers in general for the Q4 uh, primetime season, we kind of all had this expectation that after the election, things would settle down. And quite the contrary, maybe 48 hours later, some of the biggest and best media buyers that know the game inside and out are getting shut down. And, you know, having that pulse in in the pro league, it's really about the community and the network there, right? Because it's one thing if you're a media buyer or you're an agency and you get your account shut down or maybe one of your clients, And now you're going through the troubleshooting and trying to figure out what may have gone wrong. That's only a singular point of view, right? You go into the pro league and you can jump into one of these threads and and really hear and get a pulse for what's happening in the market Mm -hmm. and really get the answers and information at a much higher velocity because there's so many of us that can give feedback in, in a short period when something like that happens. Yeah, I generally felt sorry for people who didn't have access to pro league because that was a bad weekend. And of course, as always, these things happen towards the weekend so right. <laughs> it's always the way it's always the way they can't do it on a tuesday where we can <laughs> right. uh, go no let's ruin weekends thanks absolutely thanks, and that have and i just felt sorry for agencies who weren't clued into what was going on because not everybody has access to high level facebook people but of course in in pro league people do and and it was so it was great to for them to at least be able to calm clients down and say look it's not you, it's not us, most importantly, it's not us. It's a, it's right. a thing and it'll be fixed, right? It, it's something, and it turns out it was, but there were a lot of people who were having incredibly horrible weekends fielding those questions from clients. Absolutely. Hey, let's switch, uh, Alvin, let's switch around a little bit. Yeah. In terms of um, where do you specialise? What, uh, what type of media buying network slash skill, what do you specialise in or perhaps it's a niche that you particularly target? Where do you work? Yeah, great, uh, great question. So my niche really is a booked call sales funnel. Ah, so, there you go. Yeah, sales. Yes, Coach, love it. Yeah, coaches, consultants, um, agencies, anybody out there that does um, that's really looking to generate appointments on the calendar for yep. strategy sessions or popular demos yes. if you're in the software uh, or software service business. But really, my focus is on a booked call sales funnel. How can we get the most qualified prospects to opt in to view your VSL or webinar, sometimes the lead magnet? And how do we engage them into booking a strategy session with us so we can make a high ticket offer is really kind of what I focus on. Yeah, okay. What mistakes do you see people making with uh, booking a strategy session and those type that type of buying and funnel? What mistakes do you see 
uh, out there that people make? There's a couple of things and, and not in any specific order at the moment, but uh, one is looking for the lowest cost leads rather than the best quality leads. I see that too often, right? Yeah. Where I think that uh, entrepreneurs get, uh, of course, we want low, low cost leads, right? Everybody wants cheap leads, it makes yeah. sense, right? But when we're trying to actually sell product, we want the best qualified people. Uh, and sometimes the cost of those leads may be a little bit higher than the absolute bare minimum, but how can we generate qualified leads? How, how do you take a client through that understanding? Because obviously the client looks at it and goes, well, we're getting strategy calls at X dollars. How do you, and we expected strategy calls to be less than X dollars. How do you prove to them that paying more actually makes sense for their business? It's a good question. And, and it really comes down to the data, right? You yeah. look at a couple of things. You look at call recordings. What are you hearing on the phone in regards to how familiar is this person on the phone with the actual offer at hand? What do your no-show rates look like for these booked appointments versus actually attending a call or a demo? When you start to see that no-show rate get high, more than 20%, 30% no-show rate, you're likely in the wrong audience or you're targeting a very low quality portion of that audience. Um, those are a couple of, uh, of factors there in, in regards to how do you get more qualified people through the funnel? And really, it becomes a more efficient system where you reduce the no-show rate. You tend to cover your cost in totality for what you're paying for a high quality, higher quality lead. Yeah. And so, Alvin, that, that's a really interesting thing that you mentioned, like talking about the call recordings and listening to what's going on, whether they're because, you know, I hear from, uh, you know, coaches who are conducting strategy sessions, sales call type things, and, and they say, you know, they blame the leads. And immediately I have this uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross type action. The leads aren't weak, you're weak. But there's actually a science to this now. And you mentioned listening to call recording. Is that something that you uh, you do yourselves or do you encourage the clients to do that to get a feel for the for the, the lead quality? It's a little bit of both. You know, and every offer and every uh, team is built a little bit different regard in yeah. regards to clients. So some clients will uh, already be reviewing a, a few calls as part of their system. If they're not, we now look to grab a couple of those recordings so we can get a feel for what prospects are saying, or at least looking through a transcript to see, right. let's get a feel of what's uh, really happening on the call. And I think this is a, to your earlier point on some of the things you can carry through from sales and sales management, yes. that's one of them. And an angle that I'm able to offer to my clients are we will minimize the blame between sales and marketing, which is a common thing. <laughs> Really? Are that really sales and marketing? <laughs> right. So, you know, what's a marketing qualified lead and what's a sales qualified lead are oftentimes yes. not on the same page, right? So having the experience, a point of view of, uh, of being on the sales side, as well as on the marketing side, it yeah. helps us really have a coordinated effort to, to, it's less about blaming marketing or blaming sales and more so let's find out what the actual root cause of the situation is and then we can attack it. If it's a sales problem, then yeah. here are a few recommendations or here is a, a vendor that can help. If yes. it's a marketing problem, then now we can now kind of peel back the layers and, and really take a deep dive into what tweaks we should make to improve that process. Yeah, that's a 
fantastic insight into to that process. And I'm always fascinated by how people's backgrounds influence their media buying and, and also their, their focus and their ability to niche down. So let's twist it around and yeah. talk about a really positive experience. And maybe, uh, maybe you've got some sort of uh, case study or an example that you could share with us in terms of what happens when it works well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'll tell you, you know, and I, and I want to try to provide as much value to the audience and that I can. And I wanted to share a story uh, about a client that I, I still work with, one of my first um, long-term clients. And, you know, most media buyers are looking for a couple of high-value clients, right? They hear the numbers that some yes. agencies can generate in regards to a retainer, right? And they say, yep. okay, well, I can work with two, three, four, six clients and and do plenty fine. Right. So one of the mistakes I see though, is approaching a client and really making a pitch on your services, but kind of instantly going to that full price. Let me see how much I can get in regards to a retainer. And, and I'll tell you a a real life story that happened to me this year. um, That's quite the opposite. And really it's how I turned a $1,500 junior, junior media buyer retainer into a six-figure income in 2020. And it's actually quite very simple. And it's about getting your foot in the door, however you can, and proving your worth, proving your value, giving insights to the client that they otherwise wouldn't have, aka leveraging some of my prior experience in order to help improve the process. And on top of that, it's you know, in, in, from my sales background, we're always looking, how do we increase the lifetime value of a, a customer or a client, yeah. right? And sometimes you need to take a somewhat lower retainer up front because you know that there's a bigger project to be had here and that you really can impact the business. So how this started, I actually got introduced to uh, this client in ad skills, Okay. And it's an ad skills member that was looking for a junior media buyer to kind of take things off their plate so they can continue growing their organization. Yep. So we had an introductory call and we go through our conversation and, and so on, and we end up putting something together. But what was unique in this situation, they happened to be putting on a live event in Florida, a couple hours away. And as part of really leaning in and trying to, uh, for a lack of better terms, really impress my yeah. uh, one of my first clients. Yes. I took the liberty. They had given me an invitation. I j- hopped in the car, covered my expenses, and went out there for this three-day event so I could meet face-to-face with the team. I could learn more about their offer, really see how they were helping their clients. And that leaning into the process and really doing whatever I could to make a good impression and, and prove that I had the skills to really give them an impact is what opened the door now to increase that $1,500 retainer to become a 10K retainer now by the end of the year. Yeah. So the advice really that I want to share is kind of the traditional, sometimes you got to do whatever you can do to get in the door yeah. and lean in and really prove the value to your client. It's a very competitive market, right? And many of the media buyers out there have talked to clients who have been through multiple agencies, right? So it can be a heartburn for the client, yep. really just trying to solve the problem and the pain point they really have, right? So yep. you, just like any other job interview, 
you really got to get out there and, and differentiate yourself. And, and, and that's really what helped me grow uh, from a regular retainer into yes. something that I think media buyers would really appreciate out there. Something that uh, absolutely that they do. It's a couple of uh, really interesting strings there that support, you know, in Pro League, we have this mantra, if you will, which is uh, you need to almost understand your clients' customers better than the clients themselves. Right? Because that's the way, because, you know, if you, as I will often say on this podcast, if you bring the, the traffic horse to the conversion dam and they don't uh, drink, then you're still blamed, regardless of the fact that you bought the traffic horse there, but it just won't drink. So 100%. understanding behind the, behind the scenes is something. You can also just, in this day and age, you know, you do that, you, do, you take on that retainer, but you do that with the knowledge that the, you can help grow that client, right? You don't have to do this blind and just hope and take 10 clients and hope that they work, right? You, you know, you know the client and there's nothing, nothing beats going to a, uh, well, in the before times, a real event. And, and now even though, and it's even easier now, right? You don't have to jump in your car, Alvin, and drive and pay for your accommodation and stuff. You know, you attending clients, you know, virtual events and virtual conferences. So you hear the interaction that three days of education into the client, your client and the customer, their customers relationship is valuable and it's paid off dividends, whatever it costs you to do those, go to that event. Absolutely. It is paid back many fold now because of the research and people appreciate that right they they go wow he's a vendor of mine you know inverted right. commas vendor i'm sure they don't think of you like that but but he's a vendor of mine who is able to like they, they're taking the time out to come to my trade show to come to my virtual event to come and and watch what i do to listen to a uh, a strategy call so that they can say oh yeah that leads that you're right that's we need to look at what our marketing is, how can we tweak this and, and how do we do this? And that's really, really powerful. Mate, this has been so, like there's been so much. You said, I have, hope, you started that as client story by saying, I hope to provide some value. Mate, you're already plus 10 in the value column way before we got to that story. So Perfect. thank you so much, Helen. Hey, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, uh, and talk uh, strategy session uh, funnels and uh, all things related to uh, media buying and, and speaking with yourself. What's the best way to get for people to get in touch with you? Sure. So feel free to uh, give me a shout on Facebook. You can search me, Alvin Rye, on Facebook or on LinkedIn, or check us out at drivenresults.co slash case study and check out our case study and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, I love that. And that's a uh, Rye is R-A-I. And of course, as always in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to it on your favorite podcast player as you're walking your Shetland Sheepdog, or is that just me? You can just swipe on any podcast player and you can click the link there and you can reach out to Alvin as you're getting your allowed and mandated exercise wherever you are on the planet. So that is a, a fantastic part of this process. Alvin, thank you so much. This has been, uh, that's, uh, it's just been so fascinating. Some great tips and techniques there, particularly with regards to those very important 
uh, strategy call type funnels. It's a, they're a, a big and very, very important part of a lot of people's world. So that's going to be super, super useful. So thanks heaps, Alvin. Wonderful, Ed. It's been a pleasure.